Work is no longer just about productivity and metrics. It's about people. And when we focus on positivity, communication, belonging, and development, the numbers take care of themselves. This is Work Human Radio, where we talk to authors, researchers, and business leaders about the latest trends making work more human around the world. Welcome back to Work Human Radio. I am your host, Todd Schnick, joined by my friend and colleague, Mike Wood. Going to be a very important conversation. I've been looking forward to this since I saw it on the lineup. It's going to be uh, very impactful. Yes, I am thrilled to have Natalie Egan here with us today. You are the CEO and founder of uh, Translator, and I want to talk to you a little bit about your journey. I first heard you speak at the Sherm Diversity Inclusion Conference, I believe it was last October, and I said, I need to get this person at work human because the story needs to be told. So can you tell us a little bit about your background and what that story is? Sure. So hi, everyone. As Mike and Todd mentioned, my name is Natalie Egan. My pronouns are she, her, and hers, and I'm the CEO of Translator, where we build diversity and inclusion software for corporations, schools, and nonprofits. My story, my journey is definitely unfolding in real time, for sure. But for the most part, I spent the first 38 years of my life identified as somebody very different than who I identify with today. There's some great stories behind that. But at the core, on the business side, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've been starting businesses and trying to help people really since I was about five years old. And I always joke that I've started over a thousand businesses, but only very few of them had any customers. (laughs) You know, I'm sort of a fail fast kind of person, for sure. But you know, Translator is my second major company. My first company was a company called PeopleInks, and we built social media guidance software for corporations to show their employees what to do on social media in real time. So based on rules that the organization would set. And you know, sort of very technically complicated product, really focused on change management inside organizations, you know, showing people how to use social media at scale for their jobs. And Translator is very similar in a lot of ways, but instead of teaching people how to use social media at scale, we're focused on spreading empathy and equality at scale. So really trying to show people how to be a better version of themselves and how to accept other individuals, diverse individuals, marginalized individuals around them. So it's really exciting time and I'm really thrilled to be in this conversation with you all. So any chance that I have to be able to share this story and create representation for the trans community is really important. Right. And as this trans community has kind of come out more in the open over the past 10 years or so, HR organizations they don't know what to do. So what can HR organizations do to improve their inclusion of uh, this population? Sure. So it's actually, it would be nice if it was 10 years. I mean, it's really in the last like three or four years that this has really started to accelerate. I mean, I would say in the last two years or one year that it's really starting to become a big, big issue and a challenge for a lot of organizations. But if you look at the numbers, I think traditionally people back in like 2013, a study came out that said, about 1% of the population. So one out of every 100 individuals is trans. And all the trans people sort of laughed when that survey came out because we all knew that it was highly flawed. The reality is, based on the most recent numbers, they're looking at something more like 4 to 5% of the population is trans. And if you think about that, even if it was just 1% as an organization, that's potentially thousands of employees, right, that are somewhere on that spectrum. And if you think about their families, their partners, their spouses, their children. There's an entire ecosystem of just your employee base, let alone 
alone your customers, let alone your vendor partners, let alone your potential recruits. So it's really important that, you know, to your question, what can organizations do, HR organizations in particular do is first start by getting educated and do that proactively because otherwise you're going to start having to deal with this kind of reactively. And that's where it can get really messy. There's all kinds of challenges that can go with that. And unfortunately, that's the reality for a lot of companies. So all of a sudden, you know, I have a network of trans people, obviously, and, you know, so many of them are the firsts, the first at their company to transition. And they really helped that organization create the guidelines and the processes to help create a more accepting culture internally. But that's very taxing on the trans individual themselves, right? When really they just want to do their job. So I think it's important that organizations get in front of this by educating themselves and proactively getting ready for what I oftentimes call the trans economy, which is sort of this wave of trans people that are hitting the workforce, their customers, their partners, they're real people, they're all of us. I mean, at this event here, we've got hundreds of trans people that are probably repressed. Natalie, this trans journey, there are vocal and loud people on either end of the discussion, but there's a lot of people in the middle that just not sure how to handle this, how to think about it, how to learn more about it, how to better understand it. Any advice and counsel you can share to someone listening who says, I don't have an opinion one or the other. I just want to understand what that journey is about and how I can become more sensitive and aware of it. Any thoughts you can share on just the average person out there who just wants to better understand this? Yeah. So that's sort of referred to as the movable middle, right? So right, it's, exactly. it's, it's an influential group of people or that can be influenced. And it's really important that we help share the narrative for them because for the most part, most people are educated about the trans experience through the media, right? Here we are on a media platform educating people, but traditionally it's come through television. It's come through news and media outlets. And, you know, it really dates back into the early eighties. And that's when a lot of very dangerous sort of tropes or narratives started emerging. In fact, I remember the first time I ever heard of anybody that was sort of trans or at the time that wasn't the word, but was in Tone Loke's song, Funky Cold Medina, (laughs) right? Like (laughs) Tina was a man or Sheena was a man. And that to me was traumatic as a child. I mean, I didn't understand my identity, but I certainly didn't want to be that. And so that joke kind of continued to play over and over and over again in so many different forms, whether, you know, it's friends, you know, it's Chandler Bing's mom, fom, and I go by fommy, so I I prefer fom. But, you know, that's how people are being educated is through these media outlets. And it was a very sort of off it was unique. There wasn't a lot of it. And all of a sudden in 2019, it's everywhere, right? I mean, I just got off stage and the number of people that came up to me afterward and said, my niece or my nephew or my cousin or my best friend just started transitioning. And so it's starting to happen everywhere. It's sort of become viral in a lot of ways. And people ask me all the time, like, why is this happening? And the answer is it's the internet. Right. And it's the internet again. And it's certainly not that the internet is causing it. It's the internet is freeing us. Right. I mean, my whole life, I thought I was the only one. I grew up thinking I'm the only one. And the internet started to show me that I'm not the only one. And I started to connect to other people that are like me. And then by default in 2019 through social media, that connects us to the world. So I think my advice to people would be get educated, similar to the advice about HR, but you need to sort of be intentional about seeking out information because it's real. I mean, it's probably happening in your school. There's probably gender nonconforming students in your kid's class. And it's really dangerous to make assumptions about 
their lifestyle, their identity, their intentions. And so I think proactively getting out and hearing stories like this one, reading about this is probably the most important thing, but it really comes down to storytelling. And that's how we create empathy, right? Is the ability to walk in someone else's shoes. And that only happens when you have story. It's really important that people hear the stories and kind of from an allyship perspective, there's a lot of strategies there for people that want to become more involved. And I always have this joke, if I'm in front of an audience, I'll say, I bet you everybody in this room considers themselves an ally. If I said, raise your hand if you're an ally, like nobody would not raise their hand. I always tell people like being an ally is way different than being a fan, Mm. right? It doesn't mean that you're okay with it. Like allyship is an active thing, right? So allyship is for a trans person is after I leave the room and people are talking and they say, well, did you hear what he said? An ally would step in and mean, you mean she, Right. It doesn't have to become an argument, but it just needs to be like, you know, I'm stepping in and helping. So allyship is very, very important. And there's whole kits on allyship out there. You can check out projectinclude.org is a great resource for all marginalized experiences, but specifically trans as well. And I think the more we get trans people and their experiences out there to get involved, it's going to benefit everybody because people are afraid of what they don't know. That's right. And so if someone at my company tomorrow would be to come out as transgender, I'd immediately be like, what do I do? How do I address this person? I don't know what to do. I don't want to offend this person. So if we have a listener out there that has a company where someone is just starting through, like what's some things that people can do to kind of make it easier for this person? Sure. So there's a couple of little simple playbooks that you can use. I mean, whenever I sort of put people in a scenario and I say, okay, work at XYZ company and you're sitting down in front of a customer that you've known for 10 years, you're at lunch and they tell you, hey, Mike, from now on, I want you to call me Natalie and I'm transitioning. The question I ask is, what do you say? You know, what do you say in response to that? And people freeze up. They're like, I don't know. But it's very simple. It's congratulations, right? That's it. Right. Whenever somebody comes out, like it is a congratulatory moment. It's a big deal for them. It's not a moment for you to ask if they're joking. Right. It's not like spit out your coffee, which has happened to me before. And so that moment is really important in terms of like preserving the relationship, especially in a corporate or professional setting, you know, with a customer or a fellow employee. So that nuance is really important to be ready for that because it is out there. They're like landmines everywhere. Like there's trans people that are about to come out and you don't know who it is or when. So that first piece is congratulations. The second piece is you can ask them their pronouns. And don't ask for their preferred pronouns because that makes it sound like a preference. But you can just say, you know, and what pronoun should I use? And is there any other way I can support you? I think a lot of people feel like, okay, now it's time to start asking deep questions. And that is absolutely not the case. Regardless of how well you think you know that individual, I wouldn't start asking questions. And again, as a trans person that's gone through this, you wouldn't believe the number of people that immediately start asking questions like, how far are you going to go? And does this mean you're a lesbian now? And like all these questions that you wouldn't normally ask somebody in a professional context or any context for that matter. So keep the questions at bay, do your research, right? Go on the internet. There's all kinds of ways that you can figure out those questions. You don't have to put somebody on the spot. But, you know, in terms of, I think what I see a lot is that people get so nervous, even though they want to support that they do nothing right? They're so nervous. They don't want to say the wrong thing. They don't want to get the pronouns wrong. So they do nothing. And that's really not the way to approach it. I mean, you treat them like humans, right? We're here at the work human conference. Like we're all at the highest level. I identify as a human, right? If I'm going to take any labels, it's human first and approach people like humans and have some humility and 
just be real with people. And I think that that's really the secret to this is, you know, talking to somebody, say, Hey, look, I really, you know, pull them aside and say, I would love to be able to learn more about this, but I don't want to say the wrong thing. Can you help me out? That'll be really, people will appreciate that. Well, I think another skill that we all could benefit from is becoming better at being empathetic. Right. I think most humans suck at, yeah. at, at empathy. And, yeah. and, and I'm not just talking about it in terms of the context of a trans journey, just in our general way of life, I think we're bad at it. Right. So if we could just hone that skill and get better at that, that goes a long way towards arming all of us to treat all humans as humans, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, and I might've said earlier, but the secret to empathy is storytelling and we have to be able to walk in someone else's shoes to feel what they feel. And if you don't have that experience, then it's just going to bounce off. And what I've found is that the first step in real empathy is self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And I think that what we're really missing as in a society is self-awareness and understanding why we are the way we are and how we got to where we are. And I'm a living case study of that. I mean, I grew up in a bubble of white male privilege with access and resources, and I had no idea I mean, honestly, I kind of thought I was better than everyone else. I didn't understand why, but I had sort of been groomed that way and just had no concept of the experiences of other people. And it didn't matter how much you told it to me because I was so disconnected. You could story tell me all day long and it wouldn't sink in. And so you really have to help people understand who they are first and why they are the way they are. And then from there, you can build that sort of empathy sort of stack, if you will. I think it's telling that it's 2019. And now's the time we're going to tell people that it's okay to be who you are. (laughs) We're all of a sudden, yeah, yeah, it's okay to be who you want to be. That there are so many people out there and not just in politics or whatever that think that they have a right to choose how someone else lives their lives. And hopefully as people, as humans, we are moving beyond that and just let people be happy. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things I talk about a lot, I mean, I talk about gender power dynamics in the workplace quite a bit, right? Because I have an interesting perspective on both sides of the table, having run a business prior as CEO and then here as well. But so traditionally, and this is the shift, you know, in 2019, 2018, it started, I think, but I think we're realizing that assimilation and a homogeneous culture is actually a liability, right? Like that's how we constructed like America in a lot of ways was like this army mentality of everybody's kind of the same. And if you were building a corporation, you did it like you were building an army of people that just followed the rules. And that's become a liability. That's the big shift is that all of a sudden today we're realizing like that's actually a recipe for disaster and we need to diversify because diversifying hedges risk. The same way you diversify your portfolio, you diversify in your employee base, you're going to make less ill-informed decisions when you have people with different perspectives and unique ways of thinking. So it's really in everyone's best interest to slow down and diversify and it's slower. That's key, right? But your decisions are better. Well, Natalie, there will always be people who, I mean, there are still people who don't support men and women being paid the same, let alone supporting you on your journey. So I think I can speak on behalf of Mike. Uh, we appreciate mm-hmm. uh, the leadership role that you're taking in helping tell this story because there's a lot of people in that movable middle that I think are going to be supportive of those journeys. So grateful for you and, and your leadership there. Before we let you go, should anyone need to connect with you and learn more about your journey and learn more about Translator, where do they go? Sure. So you can find us on the World Wide Web at www.translator.company. So it's .company, not .com. So www.translator.company. And then you can find me on almost any social media platform at Natalie J. Egan. So N-A-T-A-L-I-E-J. E-G-A-N. So it's my full name with my middle initial J. And then email is natalie at translator 
dot company. All right. Natalie Egan, the CEO and founder of A Translator. Great to have you on the show. Thanks so much for stopping by and joining us. Thank you, Todd. Thank you, Mike. If you want to see business leaders, culture keepers, and industry experts come together to share the latest research and ideas for making work more human, you need to be at WorkHuman March 18th through the 21st in Nashville. Visit WorkHuman.com to see the full lineup of speakers and reserve your spot in the number one conference of 2019. 